Matthew 7, 24 through 29. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Thus ends our reading of God's authoritative word. May all who hear it find that their foundation is upon the rock that is Christ Jesus. Well, we've come to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. A sermon that takes less than 20 minutes to read aloud, and yet we have been at this for over six months now. This is now my 22nd sermon on Jesus' teaching. That either demonstrates that I, I am a slow teacher, or that Jesus is immensely deep and that his words speak powerfully into the lives of those who worship him. But before we dive in, I think it would be beneficial for us to first look back and see where we've been. For what we will hear from Jesus today can only be understood as we consider the sermon as a whole. If you recall, Jesus began with the Beatitudes. He spoke his blessings upon his listeners. And it was that first blessing in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, that is crucial. Jesus said this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, blessed are those who have been broken over their sins. Jesus speaks these blessings not to the righteous, but to sinners. Sinners who see their desperate need for a Savior. That is who He is blessing, granting them entrance into His kingdom. And we saw too that, that those whom He blesses, He gives to them a new identity. They are now salt and light, both preserving God's Word and shining their good deeds into a darkened land. Jesus then continued telling us that, that he didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. His, his teaching is, is nothing new, rather it is the, the fullest expression of what we read in the Old Testament. You see, it was, a, it was the Pharisees and the, and the teachers of the law that had misrepresented God's word, declaring that godly righteousness could be attained through human effort. But for those who are to be true kingdom people, they must have a righteousness that exceeds those men. 
A righteousness that comes from a changed heart. This led to Jesus' lengthy discussion as to what kingdom living really looks like. A life that is, that is more focused on the inward condition of a man than on any outward expression of good deeds. It is a life in pursuit of God's kingdom and his righteousness. Of course, to live in such a way will be difficult to do. That is why one must ask and seek and knock. They must come to their Father in prayer, seeking His Holy Spirit, who will guide them in this challenging life that is kingdom living. So we see that it is God's blessings that leads to a new identity, and it is this new identity that leads to kingdom living, all through the help of of the Holy Spirit. After Jesus had said these things, he then cautioned his followers with three eschatological or, or end times warnings. The first of which, which compared the, the wide gate and the, and the broad road to that small gate and the narrow road. The, the first is the, is the easy path that, that the world has to offer, which ultimately leads to destruction. The, the second is the difficult and dangerous track that, that leads to life. And unfortunately, only a few find it. And then in his second warning, Jesus spoke of two kinds of trees and two kinds of fruit. His disciples must not be led astray by false prophets. Those, those wolves who come in sheep's clothing, who, who try to twist God's word, trying to separate the flock in order to devour the sheep. Again, this, this way of the wolf is a way of destruction, where many who, who claim Jesus as their Lord will be cast out of the kingdom, for they were never known by Jesus. Thus, they will spend eternity away from his goodness. This leads us to Jesus' last warning, where we see two builders building on two different foundations. Let's look at this first builder and see what we can learn. Look at verses 24 and 25. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. How many of you have ever said this before? They don't build them like they used to. Yeah, yeah quite a few. Now, I don't know if it's true that things in the past were built tougher and stronger than they are today. Maybe they were. Or perhaps maybe we have flawed memories and we're forgetting about all the old failures and only remembering the products that have stood the test of time. Whatever the case, we all prefer things that will last, don't we? Here we see a wise builder, someone who knows the importance of a good foundation. And if you want a house that will last, then the foundation must be strong. It doesn't matter if you use the best materials to build the frame and the walls and the roof. If your foundation is weak, then the house will not last. 
Now, Israel was known for having these sudden and torrential rains. I think of the storm last night that, that, that hit us. But these rains, they, they would be huge downpours that would turn a dry region into a flooded mess. A thunderstorm that, that, that is miles away can turn a dusty riverbed into a raging river. Check out this video. Now be honest, how many of you were worried about that dog? <laughs> but, but imagine if someone had built their house on that dried up land. As you can see, a strong foundation is of vital importance. Lest the house be swept away. Jesus tells us that just, just like this wise man who builds his house on the rock is, is the person who hears his words and puts them into practice. Now what does he mean when he says, put them into practice? The Apostle James gives us some clarity on the matter. We saw this in our first scripture reading. Look at, look at chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who, who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. The blessing of God goes to the one who does what it says. He remembers the words and then acts upon them. James also tells us that, that doing the will of God demonstrates one's faith. Look at chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. <coughs> This is what faith truly is. It is more than just understanding that something is true. But, but faith trusts God's word enough to do what it says. You see, the, the wise man sees the wisdom in Jesus' words. And he doesn't forget. Rather, he builds his life upon the foundation that Christ gives. And so putting into practice Christ's words entails two things. First, the faith or the belief that Jesus' words are true and wise. Second, demonstrating that your faith is real by actually doing what Jesus says. So if it is a blessing, it means holding on to that promise. If it's letting your yes be yes and your no, no, it means living an honest life, knowing that every oath, whether sworn by heaven above or by the dirt of the earth, is invoking the name of God. It means honestly pursuing God's kingdom and his righteousness. It means taking to heart his warnings of the destruction that is to come and choosing that narrow path that leads to life. 
In other words, listen to Jesus' words, believe they are true, and then do what he says. That is the way of the wise builder. But there is another kind of hearer, is there not? Another person that listens to Jesus' words. Look at verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Here we see the way of a fool. Just like the wise man, this person has a house to build. And he may be using the same design and the same materials. In fact, his, his craftsmanship might be just as good, if not better. These two houses could be exactly the same, but there is one difference. The foundation. This builder did not think about the future. He did not consider the storm that was to come. And so, so he built his house upon the sand using that as his foundation. Jesus says that this is a way of those who hear his words, but do not put them into practice. In other words, they, they lack faith in the words of Christ, and so they do not obey them. Now notice, both men hear the words of Jesus. The only difference is the one has faith that leads to obedience, and the other does not believe because he has a different foundation. His foundation could be the ways of the world, those, those cultural norms, those societal values that, 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 that we deem so highly. Perhaps it's one's sinful desires, the love of pleasure, or power, or wealth. Whatever the foundation is, it, it, it has trumped God's word. And because of that, the foundation is useless. It's like sand. Which builder are you? What is your foundation? For the past six months, you have heard these words preached. We have gone in-depth as to their meaning. And if you are paying attention, the message of Jesus should be plain to you. It is a message of a changed heart. It begins with the blessing of the kingdom of heaven for those who repent of their sins and look for a savior. This leads to a new identity. And it is in this new identity that God's law shapes your heart. No longer do you have a surface level obedience. But God will change your very passions from within. He removes your desire for sin and for the world's approval as he tells you to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. He gives you the desire of his own heart. And to help you along the way, this, this difficult journey, that, that narrow path that leads to life, he gives you his good gift of his Holy Spirit. In a nutshell, this sermon expresses the gospel message from the point of salvation to the way that God sanctifies the believer all the way up to its ultimate conclusion where God's judgment will become manifest. 
And so the question remains, what is your foundation? What kind of builder are you? Is your foundation merely sand? Or have you built upon the rock that are the words of Christ? Because what you build upon will determine whether your house stands or falls. Did you notice too that the storm comes to both houses? Following Jesus is no guarantee that life will be easy for you. In fact, if you listen to Jesus' words, it is the exact opposite. He takes you down that difficult path, that, that narrow way that is treacherous. But when the storm comes, your house will stand because, because the rains and the winds, they won't affect the rock upon which it is built. But, when, but this storm will come to the foolish builder as well. You see, you can't avoid the storm. And at the end of your life, when the tempest comes, which is the wrath of God's judgment, the question remains, will your house stand or will it come crashing down? Dear friends, only those who have faith in Jesus will have the foundation that can withstand such a blow. Only the poor in spirit will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Those who know that they are sinners and in need of a Savior. And they will find their Savior when they look to the cross. When they look to Christ. For it was there that God's storm hit. When Jesus took upon the sins of the world, bearing the punishment that we deserve. Only those who put Jesus' words into practice, those who hear the message and respond in repentant faith, will have a foundation that is strong enough to stand. So again, I say, what kind of builder are you? What is your foundation? Let's look at our last verses, verses 28 and 29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he, has taught, he had taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. These crowds were amazed, but at what? At Jesus' teaching. It wasn't his miracles, nor was it his healings, though those things were amazing. But it was his teaching that was so different than what they were used to. You see, the, the, the teachers of the law, they did not teach with their own authority. Their common practice was to memorize and to recite other authorities. Moses said this. Solomon said this. Rabbi so-and-so said this. They used the authority of others to support their teaching. Even the prophets of old, men like Isaiah and Jeremiah, would say this, Thus says the Lord. And so even their authority came not from themselves. But Jesus is no ordinary prophet. When he preached, he, he said things like this, You have heard that it was said, but I tell you, Jesus has an authority unto himself. 
He is like no other preacher, for his words are without flaw. They are the pure wisdom of God. Listen, the, the, the way he speaks demonstrates who he truly is. Only God can preach this way and legitimately get away with it. And so in this sermon, we see the divine nature of Christ Jesus as well. And this, this is why it is wise for you to put, put into practice the words of your Lord. Because if you do, then your foundation will be on none other than God himself. And what better foundation is there? Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful for the, the words of your Son. They show us the way to true life. Help us to put them into practice so that our, that our house might stand in the storm that is to come. That we won't be cast out of your kingdom. Guide us by your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.